Greetings and welcome to our 17th episode of Soldier of Souls. We send out our best regards to the Catholic churches of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton and St. Henry's and to all of you, our fellow soldiers from across the country and the world, as we send out our heartfelt appreciation for joining us as we seek to follow the path of truth that guides us through our eternal earthly life and leads us to our eternal home. Hi, I'm Deacon Tim Vaughn, along with my co-writer and editor, Linda Hurley, and we're going to bring you this episode. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing really good this morning. How about you, Linda? I'm doing well, thank you. I thought since our previous episode had been kind of heavy, that maybe this one would cover some lighter fare. Sounds good. What do you have in mind? Well... Since we're coming up on harvest time and we'll be celebrating Thanksgiving soon, I thought we would consider a saint that relates to growing as well as other things. Okay, I'm intrigued. Okay, I'm going to put on my Sherlock Holmes hat here and ask Watson what's going on. So before we delve into your mystery saint, let us join in praying a prayer that Jesus taught us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now, news for those in the pews. Back Back Buddies are back this year, and 41 children are participating this year. Please consider being a blessing to families that need a little extra help on weekends. Back Back Buddies sends home a bag of food every Friday to kids at Snow Rogers Elementary to ensure that they are being fed when out of school. You may donate food items or make a tax-deductible monetary donation to the church. All donations are greatly appreciated. Be sure to designate your donation for Backpack Buddies. This is an ongoing ministry. Checks may be made payable to St. Elizabeth Ann Seton and put in the collection basket. Please write Backpack Buddies on the check memo and check the bulletins for food items needed each week. So, Linda, tell me about this mystery saint of yours whom I have never heard about. Well, first of all, I need to tell you how I even discovered him. So, bear with me while I give you a little bit of background. Okay, go for it. First, you need to know that last year I planted a garden, and it did produce fairly well. Yes, I remember that, because I was a recipient of some of your peppers, cucumbers, and tomatoes. And by the way, do you know that cucumbers and tomatoes are two my two favorite vegetables? Well, then I'm glad that I was able to share those with you. I had enough produce, actually, to share with a number of people last year. So I felt pretty confident that I could build on that success and have an even better garden this year. But what I had forgotten is that there really are only a few things under a gardener's control. 
A lot of variables just aren't. So this year, like the farmers I had lived among as a youngster, I found myself quickly praying for divine intervention as I attempted to help my garden grow. Alas, success remained elusive. As the sage author Thomas Carlyle said, this world, after all our science and sciences, is still a miracle. Wonderful, inscrutable, magical, and more to whoever will think of it. And I would add, he's got the whole world in his hands. So, uh, what happened to your green thumb this year? Okay, so back to the garden. I decided to try to improve this year. For example, I had learned last year that squash plants grow really big. They overtake everything. Everything? Everything. Green peppers keep producing well into the fall. That's good. Pole beans do not produce as well as bush beans. Mm -hmm. And herbs do not enjoy full sunlight. With these things in mind, I had rearranged my garden plot, bought fewer squash and pepper plants, and made sure to order bush beans. Since the weather warmed nicely this spring, I was able to plant a whole two weeks early. Woohoo! I was off and running, I thought. Oh, so I see that there's a glitch in your well laid plans often go astray. You are very perceptive. At first, the garden grew rapidly. The squash bloomed copiously and the tomatoes shot up. The peppers began budding as did the beans, but then the weather turned truly hot. The early buds never turned into blooms. No blooming equals no fruit. No tomatoes, no peppers, no beans. And although the squash was covered with flowers, every flower was a male flower. There was not one female flower to be seen. Therefore, no squash either. Oh, what a bummer. You know, as an old Yiddish proverb says, we plan, God laughs, right? Exactly. (laughs) But undaunted, I began to try and fix what I thought was wrong in the garden. I couldn't fix the heat, of course, but I fertilized, pruned, staked, used a different watering schedule, and I waited and waited. None of these things actually made a bit of difference. I concluded I was going to need to replant the garden or just do without produce this year. So at first you don't succeed. Try, try again. Yeah. Yeah, I know that one. So back to Lowe's, my husband and I went to buy more plants. On the way, my husband, somewhat in jest, told me I should bless the garden with holy water. Whoa, yeah, that's a good suggestion. Yes, it was. And then he asked me, who is the saint of gardens anyway? Whoa, I don't know that one. I didn't know it either. But I thought it might be a very good idea to find it out because my garden needed a lot of help. And that is how I discovered St. Fiocre, the saint of garden, and other things that I will tell you about a bit later. So, that's our mystery saint, 
Saint Fiacre. I've, I've said that right, I'm sure. Fiacre. Fiacre. Okay, I have never heard of him. So, uh, Mark Twain once said, we're all ignorant in different areas. So, you are fixing my ignorance with this saint. <laughs> well, I'm certainly going to try. Saint Fiacre was born about 600 A.D. into a family that the Scots affirm was royal. In fact, it is said he was the son of one of their kings who was raised with his brothers in a monastery by St. Conan, Bishop of Iona. So, Fiacre is a Scottish name. Actually, no. It is an ancient, pre-Christian Irish name that means battle king. So, I see here that his name actually confirms that he had royal blood. Right. While Fiacre was at the monastery, he chose to become a monk himself rather than to ascend the Scottish throne when it became vacant. So now wait a minute here. He turned down an opportunity to be king? He did indeed. Instead, he set about learning everything possible about herbal medicine and cures. Later, Fiacre was ordained a Catholic priest and even seems to have been elevated to abbot of the entire monastery. Whoa, it sounds like he led a very full and productive life. Oh, oh, but he was just getting started. Over the years, Fiacre seems to have established his own hermitage and perhaps even a monastery near St. Fiacre's Well in County Kilkenny, Ireland. There he became so well-known for his cures that great crowds flocked to him for prayer and healing. Wow, that sounds familiar. It seems like he was sought out a lot like the saint we've already talked about, St. John Vianney. And they had something else in common. Just like St. Uh, John Vianney, Fiacre longed for solitude. In Fiacre's case, he sailed to France and arrived in Mew in about A.D. 628. Wow, that's kind of random. That's pretty far off the coast of France. In fact, it's in a forested area uh, further inland than Paris is. Well, it could be that Fiacre chose this place specifically because of its bishop. He later became St. Farah. According to several Catholic historians, this bishop was well disposed of Fiacre due to the kindness that Pharaoh himself and his father's house had received from the Irish missionary Columbanus. So, let me get this straight here. So, Fiacre arrived in Mew, met with the bishop, and just told him he was seeking a place of solitude in the forest somewhere. Yep. That's exactly what he did. And the good bishop consented to give Fiacre land. And not just any land, but land from his own inheritance in the village of Bruel. Bishop Pharaoh offered Fiacre as much land from this area as he could entrench with a furrow in one day, thinking, of course, that Fiacre would use a plow to make his, fur his furrow. Now, let me guess here. that That's not the way that Fiacre made his furrow. No, he didn't. Instead, Fiacre turned up the earth with the end of his staff. 
It toppled trees, uprooted briars, and weeds alike with great ease. Whoa, wow, that's, <laughs> that's a unique way to dig a furrow. You don't really see something like that t today. Uh, no, and that's exactly what a suspicious woman from the village thought. She happened by and saw what was happening and immediately jumped to the conclusion that witchcraft was afoot. So she hurried to tell Bishop Pharaoh that he had been put beneath a spell by this fiacre guy who was at this very moment working bewitchment on his land. That was a very serious charge in those days. A person practicing witchcraft was to be put to death. Now, did the bishop believe her? Well, the bishop, wisely, immediately went to see for himself what was happening. And as soon as he witnessed Fiacre's activity, he recognized this wasn't any sort of witchcraft. Instead, it was the work of God himself. Amazing. So, do we know what happened to this gossipy woman? Uh, not to her specifically, but it is said that after this incident, Fiacre prohibited any woman on the pain of severe bodily infirmity from setting foot inside his hermitage. Oh, wow, great story. And it gives a reason for women being barred from his land. But I should add, that was the general rule at that time and for all hermitages and monasteries to prohibit women within their walls anywhere. Yep, true enough. This story also appears to maybe supply the rationale for St. Fiacre being the patron for men infected with venereal diseases, acquired from those gossipy women, no doubt. Okay, so around this same time, the throne of Scotland became vacant again, and deputies of that country traveled to Bruel to beg Fiacre to return and be crowned king. But he humbly and firmly refused. Well, at least he didn't try to take him by force and make him king, like what happened to Jesus. Well, yes, that was certainly a blessing. So instead of returning to Scotland and claiming its throne for himself, St. Fiacre remained in Bruel and built a hermitage for his dwelling. He also built a small chapel in honor of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Oh, wow. That's awesome. It's good to hear that he did not forbid her within their walls. <laughs> yes. Fiacre also planted a sizable vegetable garden for food and an herb garden to supply medicinal uh, cures. And he grew beautiful flowers to adorn his chapel. So in later years, St. Fiacre became the patron saint of florists. Wow. Florists need their own saint. So he became patron saint of several things. Indeed he did. So soon Fiacre was feeding the poor and the hungry from his garden, offering his medicine remedies to the sick and injured, and also, I guess, growing beautiful flowers. As with other saints and even Jesus himself, the more Fiacre tried to keep his activities secret, the more his reputation spread far beyond the little village of Bruel. 
Fiacre finally found it necessary to build a hospice outside his hermitage where he housed and cared for travelers that came by to see him. So much for the desire to live in solitude in the midst of the forest, huh? So, did Fiacre simply just give up on that? Well, he does appear to have lived a life of great mortification, prayer, fasting. He kept vigils, as well as manually cultivating, harvesting, and storing the produce of his garden. Well, maybe a solitude came in smaller packages that way, rather than in long stretches of time. Because, you know, our plans are not always God's plans. Mm, absolutely. We do know from Fiacre's biographers that his fame for miracles was widespread. He cured all manner of diseases by laying on his hands and with the herbs grown by his hands. In fact, the village eventually took on his name, St. Fiacre. But I think, despite this act of ministry, he was blessed with enough alone time to nurture and strengthen his relationship with God. Now, do we know when Fiacre died? Yeah, we do. Uh, August 18th, 670. After his death, his relics were first preserved in the original chapel that he built on the site of his uh, hermitage garden and hospice. So the local community must have declared and agreed that he was a saint soon after his death. Otherwise, his relics would not have been preserved like that. Did you know that this is how the earliest saints were made? No, I didn't know that. Yes, the official canonization process did not exist until well over 500 years after Fiacre lived and died. Now, of course, only the Pope can declare someone a saint and only after a long, involved process. Now, are his relics still in the chapel? Uh, no, although they remained there for centuries. And over that time, his fame spread far and wide, and miracles continued to happen. When his relics were meditated upon, crowds continued to visit his shrine, and many received miraculous cures. But later, in 1568, his relics were transferred to their present shrine in U Cathedral, which is still a great center of devotion for him. Well, wow, that has a certain symmetry, doesn't it? St. Fiacre's final resting place ended up where he started in the beginning when he started to find his place of solitude. Hmm, that's a lovely thought. And since that time, St. Fiacre, throughout his life and then after his death, has drawn in both common people and famous ones. Okay, I'm curious now. Who are the famous ones? Well, there was Anne, Queen of France, St. John of Matha, King Louis XIII of France, and St. Vincent de Paul. But you know who my favorite one was? Oh, okay, now tell me. It was Cardinal Richelieu who came to venerate the relics of St. Fiacre so he might be healed of his hemorrhoids. Oh, now, wait a minute. Did you just say hemorrhoids? Yes. St. Fiacre had quite the reputation for healing this painful condition, so much so that he is also considered the go-to saint 
for those suffering from them. And I should also add that St. Fiocre is also the patron of taxi drivers. But I'll let you look up the story on that one yourself. So, as I said earlier, St. Fiacre is a patron saint of many different things. Quite a versatile to saint, would you not say? I would say so. So, that's good to know. So, now I'm anxious um, to find out what family happened to your garden. Well, after I found out all about St. Fiacre, I ended up tearing out about half of my garden and replanting it. And we did use holy water to bless it. I even found a statue of St. Fiocre to place right at the entrance of the garden. I love him. He looks like a little wizened old man with a long beard. He's dressed in a monk's habit and carries a shovel and a bucket. <laughs> After I did all that, I waited and prayed for a wonderful, inscrutable, magical miracle for my little garden plot. Now, don't keep me in suspense. We're in fall already, so did it work? Well, let's put it this way. I ended up making weekly trips to the farmer's market for my fresh produce this year. Mm. But I did get a lovely statue of the little saint of the garden. Perhaps his presence will benefit the garden in seasons to come. In the meantime, he does seem to be keeping me hemorrhoid free. Um. <laughs> I guess on that note, we'll finish up here since we're at the end. So, <laughs> we will pray a Hail Mary for her blessings to meet all of our struggles of life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Hail, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord, Lord is with thee. thee. Blessed art thou among women. women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I had a lot of fun with that one, didn't you? Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> and we hope that all of y'all will join us again in two weeks for our next episode when we will be remembering the Forgotten Saint. Until then, remember the words of our Lord Jesus, wide is the road to destruction. So as always, we remind you to stay on the path as we pray to St. Raphael, the Archangel of Travelers. God speed you on your children, and may God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.